0: Welcome to Mantle, the podcast that's helping to tackle men's mental health and hoping to normalise the conversation. This show, has ever, is produced in support of the charity Calm, which is the campaign against living miserably. If you need their help, please visit their website or call them on their freeline number between 5 and midnight on 0800 58, 58, 58 I'm your host, Jamie Day. You can find me on Instagram at the Day in the Life Dad, and you can read more about my own experiences with mental health on my blog at dayinthelifedad.com. This week I've been in Kent visiting Matt Riley. Matt is a firefighter, he has two kids, he's married to Alex and he makes the perfect cup of tea, as you'll hear about. A few of you might know Matt from The Great British Bake Off and he also gives us a glimpse into his family life on Instagram and YouTube at The Life of Riley Family. In this incredibly open and honest episode, Matt talks to me about how he suffered with anxiety for most of his adult life. So on with Man Talk, please have a listen and remember if you are struggling, please do try and reach out to someone so i'm here with matt how's it all going it's going all right yeah yeah
1: i'm glad i can make a good cup of tea that's yeah. a skill i've worked on for years And
0: yeah. you were out last night working i was i
1: just got home so not a bad night i think i five hours keep at work which which isn't bad again getting paid to be at work and some of it's sleeping i'll take that
0: <laughs> for those listening if you do check out matt's instagram i can confirm his house is pretty cool so uh, yeah, I'm here right now and uh, looking around, it's...
1: Well, I've hidden all the uh, children's toys behind the sofa. <laughs> if
0: you ever get a chance to come to Matt Riley's house, do it. <laughs> Make sure I'm in though, don't He, made, he makes great tea. <laughs> um, so Matt, so yeah, obviously the point of Man Talk is to normalise the conversation as much as you can talk to your mate down the pub about football or whatever it is, we can open up and not suffer in silence and seek help, whether that's for a friend, for a family member, for a GP or just... Because you tell someone if you were struggling with a cold or your man flu, wouldn't you? Absolutely. But you know, if yeah, yeah. there's something going on in your head, you might keep it to yourself. So what what's kind of your background with all this? So,
1: <clears throat> excuse me. So I, I started suffering with anxiety. I was probably 17, 18. I'm 40 now. So over half a lifetime ago for me. And I really didn't know where it was coming from, essentially. I was doing sort of normal things.
0: Did it come up on you quickly? Or yeah,
1: it-, it was really weird. I remember... I remember the first night I ever—I I guess, sort of looking back on it, it was, a, it was probably an anxiety attack, like a panic attack. And I was going to be going to Liverpool with a couple of mates to go and see a friend at uni. And the night before, I was in bed and asleep, and just had this massive sort of anxiety attack. You know, the classic sort of heart racing, sweating, and wow. to, total panic. And had no—I had nothing to sort of pin it on really. I'd probably been out for kind of beers during the day or something, and sort of tried to put it to that. And
0: they must have been strong beers.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> the thing. I, because I didn't know what it was, you yeah. sort of go, Well, there's got to be a reason for this. Yeah. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. And... Could,
0: did you think it was an anxiety attack, or did you yeah, think it was anything worse? I didn't know at anything all. Anything I, I, I didn't think, think you were having a heart attack. Or no, like I didn't that, think no. I was
1: having a heart attack. And it wasn't the sort of classic, like looking back, reading up on it sort of years later, it wasn't the classic sort of heart rate that people talk about a tight chest. Or yeah. I think mine was more, felt more mental than physical. Right. So it was just brain racing, couldn't, you know, couldn't, and sweating and stuff. But... Long and short of was, I went to Liverpool next day. I had a real sort of hangover from it for a few days. I couldn't shake the feeling of of sort of dread and panic and, you know, trying to go out of your mates. It was meant to be a laugh and it was my mate's uni. And that was, I remember that was the first time it ever happened and it really sort of stuck with me that I wasn't sure what it was that had happened.
0: Did you, did you have any more like in that short period? Not,
1: like... not when I was there, but it, I just sort of felt really sort of, I, I guess, yeah, like the only way I can say it is like a hangover from it. I felt mentally exhausted by it. and. I guess quite fragile and then nothing happened for i guess maybe a month or so and then i had another one on the way to work i was on a bus i was catch a bus to work
0: what were like, you doing What was your i was job a hairdresser then.
1: right then so i was a hairdresser when i left school for three years weirdly and on the way to work and luckily i was working with a girl who i was quite close with and friends with and i could chat to and i explained it to her and she said what you know what it is you're probably having a panic attack and this is where it got really weird At the same, that day, there was a Vogue, you know, hairdresser always got magazines out. And there was an article about panic attacks in Vogue or, you know, a beauty magazine. And I read it up and it was, it described what a panic attack was. And it said, you know, sort of symptoms or, you know, reasons you might have them. Excess alcohol, excess caffeine, blah, blah, that sort of, you know, that list of things that, you know, stimulants, I guess. And from that day on for a good few years, I never drank, I had no caffeine. I was like, right, that's it. The reason Mm it is because I drink tons of tea. I'll stop tea, I'll be fine and And? that wasn't the case and I just missed out on years of tea which is (laughs) possibly the worst thing making up for it now though making up for it but yeah and that was it and that was the start of it for me and I guess at the time there was nothing I was focusing on to be anxious over it was just a general feeling of anxiety anxiety. and that then sort of led into more I guess streamlined feelings of sort of anxiety and having something to be anxious over and and those things changed over the years up until sort of now that I'd be I'd really focus on one thing or whatever that was and usually things that were ridiculous to to outside people you know if you yeah. said oh, i'm worried that i might you know one day grow up to become a murderer yeah you know it's just quite weird for a 35 year old man to say people go well you don't you're not displaying sort of murderous tendencies and you don't seem to be
0: the sort but of you people. uh but you've got head, in your head you know, yeah yeah what, you, know,
1: you watch a tv <clears throat> documentary saying hey, god that could be what you. separates that yeah, person yeah. from me yeah and that's what i really struggled with and that was sort of that changed with in time but yeah i really sort of focus and i think what i found is and and sort of subsequently reading about things that you once you sort of focus or fixate on something you just sort of spin that round in your head until you sort of almost convince yourself that is what's going to happen happen. yeah Yeah, so that's it and i I sort of struggled with that for you know i still do to varying degrees
0: back to your hairdressing days and you were you were talking to your friend about it was that that good for you to be able to get it off your chest or did you seek help anywhere else or
1: i was very lucky that. I've always had a really good friendship group right across the board in, in, in all sort of work and outside of work. And I spoke to friends more than family, not that I wouldn't have spoken to my family. I just found it easier to open up to my friends. And most of my friends were lads and we were, I was a skateboarder for most of my life. And it was quite, I was, I felt I was the only person sort of going through it. But then once you sort of open up to a couple of people, what I found is, most people had, I don't know, an issue is not the right word, but, you know, something that they wanted to talk about as well. And yeah. once you opened that conversation up, and I, had, I remember being in a pub with me and just one friend, both going through quite different, I guess, like mental health issues, but both of us just spent the whole night in a pub sort of bouncing yeah. off each other, going, oh, I do this, oh, this is what I do, and I worry about this. And, and yeah, I found that once I did start talking to people, it made it did make me feel a lot better because it made me very aware that I wasn't the only person sort of going through it. But... As far as trying to seek a sort of professional help, I never, I, I did, I, I saw a, a holistic place in Tunbridge Wells, that's where I was working, it made me, it made me feel, I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know if this guy, I don't know, it didn't, it didn't help me out at the what time. What was his
0: advice, what, what did he... I
1: don't know, I, was, I became weirdly focused on, because I was going to parties, I was going to Glastonbury festivals, so I became weirdly focused on the fact that someone might try and spike my drink or, you know, slip, give me drugs or whatever. And that was one of my main sort of I guess sort of quite paranoid
0: So you were like, suffering with anxiety and paranoia about Yeah about, things that again like you mentioned probably didn't even exist.
1: Yeah. I mean what well, there's no reason anyone would yeah. want to do that. But you know, you again I've probably seen it on telly or someone had their, yeah. or in a film, someone had their drinks bite. I'm like Bloody, oh, that's gonna pro that's gonna definitely happen to me. Yeah. So I go to a pub, I'd only buy bottles of beers so I put my hand over the top. Wow. Things like that, you know, and it became you know, Wanted to take your beer to the toilet so you didn't I don't, you know I, I didn't not trust any of my friends I trusted them absolutely but you you know you think yeah but i don't know who that bloke over there yeah. is what um so i sort of went and saw this guy and he gave me what i guess was just a placebo type thing and you know he said Look, take this it's a calming tablet and i took it and then he went but what if i what if i've just given you was whatever he threw
0: that one said, on you <laughs> yeah right
1: yeah. and i was like man that's not helping me and it really didn't help but i remember i guess what he was trying to say is You've trusted me why don't you trust yeah, other people yeah, perhaps yeah. but it didn't help my mental state that would time. not help me wow yeah and it, it really and i went home I remember i told my mum and dad by that point that how i was feeling and they were really good and i went home and just went to bed and i slept absolutely you know probably yeah. like a, a calming some sort of holistic calming tablet he gave me and i slept absolutely you know i was absolutely out, out for the count and i woke up and i sort of thought that because i'd actually seek someone out and gone and seen someone i put it to bed a little bit yeah and thought well, well that's that done he's given me something he's explained that it wasn't anything bad i should be fine and of course you know that wasn't the case And the he but, returned but i tried yeah it, maybe that guy wasn't the right person to say i wouldn't recommend going to
0: his house but <laughs> and then through the years so after the, the hairdressing you moved into were you firefighters after that i did a lot of jobs so, I then, after I moved to Australia right. for a
1: while. I lived out in Australia for... A,
0: How did you cope uh, with the anxiety over... I there? was all right. I say, you know, change yeah. of scene and...
1: Do you know what? Someone said years ago, and it definitely wasn't the thing, I'm going to go away to make myself feel better. That wasn't the case, because I remember someone saying, it doesn't matter where you go, it's always you who unpacks your bags. Yeah. So, if my troubles are here, my troubles are still with me in Australia. But it was all right. I think, you know, I heard a funnily enough, the girl who worked at the hairdressers, who initially gave me advice, now I lived in Australia. So I saw her and I did speak to her when I was out there and yeah, I I just tried to um entertain myself is probably the wrong way of putting it, but I tried to do stuff all the time. Keep busy, yeah. Yeah, as long as I sort of kept busy and Tried not to dwell in my own sort of head, then I, I felt okay, I guess. But so you're
0: seeing lots of people and were, yeah. you, were you talking openly about your anxiety, or, or was it? Yeah, just... I was.
1: I was, with a, I, I was seeing a girl who went out to Australia, and she oh. was pretty good to be able to talk to. Yeah, she. Yeah, she. she was holding it all in and No, that's and, it. And, and, I think I've always been able to talk to people about it. I don't. I've never been like bothered. Like yeah.
0: For a man like to not be ashamed, because that's one of the stigmas, isn't it? That...
1: Do you know what? I was never ashamed to talk to friends, even family, because the, the more people I spoke to, the more I realised that so many people, majority of people I spoke to were going through something. What I felt bad or weird about, which in hindsight, you know, further down the line, was that I was very conscious of not going to see a doctor. I really didn't want to go and see a doctor. Why that, do you think? Because to me, it would have made it real. Yeah. All the time Makes I was- it official one. Yeah, it was yeah. official. I think if I had my time again, and could go through it, yeah, I would have gone and seen something. But but you know, we're talking twenty years ago. Yeah. And the discussion around mental health now in the papers and on the telly, and you know, you and I yeah, have yeah. now, or in the pub even. Even in the fire brigade. You know, I work in a in a job where, you know, it's big airy ass blokes with broken noses and tattoos and meant to be rough, tough firefighters. Yeah. But, you know, the discussion People to talk about mental health. We have people come into the fire station to talk about, you know, because we do things at work, which I guess most people don't do. Yeah, it's good that that discussion is there. But 20 years ago, it wasn't there in the same way. So I thought if I go and see a doctor, he'll just go, yeah, okay, what you've got is this. Yeah. Take these tablets. Take field, and then yeah. that's it. I'm condemning myself to that yeah. situation and you know if i'd gone and seen a doctor yeah let's say okay 10 15 20 years ago maybe i wouldn't have had that subsequent 10 15 20 years of going for anxiety in the way that i did because i didn't see someone you know had i gone there and gone you know what this isn't right and i'm not feeling great about this and they would given me something to sort it out not that i've you know i didn't have a terrible last 20 years but peppered through those 20 years of times where of you know really bad anxiety and sort of self-torment and getting locked into you know cycles of whatever you're thinking about so maybe if i sort of made that step a bit quick or made that step yeah i wouldn't have had that much
0: and then after australia where did you end up
1: i did a while working for skateboard places and snowboard shops so skateboard and snowboard shops and then in 2011 joined the fire brigade which is what i wanted to do right. when i left school so it was a right. lot it was a long way around to getting there but i got there so yeah joined london fire brigade and that
0: obviously is a job filled with a lot of pressure and mm. as you mentioned earlier, you see things that normal people don't see so did the Anxiety get worse there, or do you get counselling at, at the fire service and yeah, like they,
1: that? Yeah, the so? yeah, they're really good at offering counselling. Um, I've been to a few sort of incidents where you know, which are particularly bad, and they are really good at offering the counselling side of things. I, I didn't take the counselling, but I think a lot of the time, because you work in a watch in a fire brigade, okay, so I work with the same what's called Green Watch. So I work with the same guys potentially for the next sort of 25 years. And the good thing about that is, I know that I spend as much time with those guys as I do my family. So the way, if you see something particularly bad, you generally all see it. So you work it out between yourselves, you know, you sit down and talk about it. And I'm very lucky that the guys I work with are very, you know, if I said I was, I've been affected by something that, you know, I wouldn't would have no problem saying that to them. So yeah, they do what they offer counselling and,
0: and then so fire service and then obviously bake-off
1: Yeah, sort of 2015 that's quite nerve-wracking
0: but someone to who <clears> struggles <throat> with anxiety to then go on national tv that's mm-hmm. that's a big thing to do
1: do you know what and it's a, it's a weird thing because that is a type of anxiety i guess like turning, i turn i remember the first time we walked in the sort of tent and all the cameras and i've never been on telly before that's not true i was on blue peter but that's not the point um <laughs> i've never been on a massive tv program before Hang on, And on
0: blue peter's massive TV, yeah i know, right? I know.
1: yeah i've got the badge and everything
0: what'd you get a badge for i don't
1: know i think i sort of tagged along. there was a food oh, competition at school tagged and I, ta- I tagged along on the back and i was just it's got a badge i think you um, get free entry to all these
0: amazing places. I, I have
1: no idea what that badge is i should dig that.
0: Oh, um,
1: i had i had nerves and it was nervous you get sweaty palms and you're nervous and it's all very exciting but i didn't find that that anxious i didn't i wasn't anxious by that and i wasn't I didn't have sleepless nights over that. And in the same way at work, if I'm going, you know, if we get a call and you're going towards a fire and I'm on the back of a fire engine and, they, you know, you know what you're going to, I'm quite calm then. I know what my role's going to be here. I'm going to get set on. I'm going to go into that burning building with this bloke here. And this, I'm going to hopefully yeah. there's someone in, I'm going to get them out. And I know what to do then. Yeah. And I know what's expected me if I go in a, in a tent and I've got to bake a cake. And I'm not, you know, that doesn't make me nervous. That so makes you- It makes me nervous, but it doesn't make me anxious. The worst time is when I'm laying at home or I'm laying in bed on my own at night. That's when I'm. Far so if
0: something's actually happening, you don't struggle with anxiety. But if you fixate on something that's pretty much hypothetical, exactly, exactly where it's coming from. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And you know, I remember them saying on Bake Off, "Well, you're taking not that you don't seem that stressed by this." I'm like, well, it's not real life, is it? It's baking a cake. If I if I leave that cake burns it's horrible, see it. nothing nothing bad's going to happen. It's not like my job is stressful. You know, that's life or death situations. You know, in my own life or death potentially. And so yeah, Bake Off was a breeze. It was a great fun. But you know, it was it was strange. People say oh, stressful it is and it isn't you know you're nerve-wracking but it's not doesn't matter whereas real work matters but that doesn't make me anxious yeah what makes me anxious is yeah my own Hypothetical musings, I guess.
0: Did you come out of Bake Off and, you know, in the spotlight a bit and you sort of see the streets and things like that? And It was, yeah, did, that, it, <laughs> summer was that a good thing Summer you, 2015 yeah. was the funniest summer I've ever had. Yeah. It was
1: unbelievable. It was, like our program, I think Bake Off was quite big before. It was a big program. It was
0: the big one, wasn't it? No. Yeah, it's
1: when, yeah, when Nadia won, and it went, I think 15 and a half million people watched the final, wow. which was, yeah, more than Olympics and things like that. I think it was the big at the time, it was the biggest thing BBC had had in 10 years. Yeah.
0: Yeah, That summer was nuts. And but did that affect your anxiety at all? Was that kind of it, this is happening, so what can you do about it? It didn't really. So there was a few bits where I mean, I, this
1: is no joke. I had to leave a couple of pubs on, a, on a occasion where it got so
0: girls throwing panties. Yeah,
1: do you know what? It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't that far off that. It was, it was, it was pretty nuts for a, for a couple of weeks. Make a couple of brownies on telly and everyone wants to be your friend. It was, um, yeah, where are the brownies? Yeah, that's a good, oh, <laughs> mate, if I wasn't on a night shift, I would have <laughs> rustled up some. It was, yeah, it was pretty mental, but it was more funny because. Because I was only ever going out with my mates, and my mates knew the deal. They, they, yeah, they, but they loved it. Yeah, it was quite funny. Funny time, and you met a lot of people. And people wanted a lot. I did, a, I did a lot of selfies with a lot of people, and I realised <laughs> yeah, I lot,
0: hate a lot of people's phones yeah. around, around Tunbridge Wells. So, you, so you're now on vlogging, and you're on Instagram, and making quite a success of it. You're giving people a glimpse into your life. Does that give you anxiety at all? Like, you know, people are going to judge you. That's the way social media is. Does yeah, that, does people that affect you do. At all? Yeah. I, do you ever get any negativity, like any... Do you know,
1: yeah, okay, so first of all, the reason I got the, the half... You know the level of Instagram and YouTube followers I had was because of Bake Off, I'm very yeah. aware of that. And luckily I was on a program like Bake Off, which is a really nice program. It's not like being on Big Brother or The Apprentice where there's a villain, everyone's yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. And so therefore the people who generally, 99% people. Oh, poor, poor oh yeah, there's a villain there, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 99% of the people who come up to you are really nice and yeah. friendly and therefore the people who generally then follow me on Instagram and Twitter and yeah, yeah of course you're gonna get people who are negative and you get neg- you know, more on Twitter. No, I've, I've I've had on social media across all platforms a largely positive. There's people that you know want to sort of ruin your day and want to say nasty things. And the, the, the annoying thing with that is you, know, is, you get a photo up or a video out with a hundred comments and ninety nine of them are lovely, and one person puts something horrible about you. The only one you're going to think about is that one horrible hey. one. God. God, I'll take that picture down because that, that's
0: just that I think that's normal, isn't it? That's nothing Absolutely, to do anxiety, that's nothing to do with anxiety.
1: Yeah. So, but yeah, largely social media is, I'm, um, um, yeah, I, I have a positive time on it.
0: Yeah, good because social media obviously has its negative sides to it, which is yeah. obviously huge at the moment. And that affects people's mental health, I think. Um, we're all living up to this kind of perfect lifestyle that we all think that we need so it's not affecting That sounds goodness that has
1: never affected me but i really genuinely feel for people for kids or you know youngsters now who are starting out because i had anxieties over essentially things i couldn't control i thought i you know couldn't control you know what had happened in my future and you know spiraling thoughts that i you know that would doom i suppose yeah that i couldn't control but now but there, we had no internet really then but kids now who are growing up social media i can know for me, it's only been a positive thing, but I can see it being such hard work to do you know, exactly what you say,
0: to try and... Pressure on these kids. The Pressure's going to be awful. Because kids. there's pressure on us as grown adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We feel it, but for the kids, it's going to be, you know, normal life. These are kids who are going to be like 13, 14, they're going to really struggle, I think, with this kind of lifestyle.
1: I with, yeah, with the rise of it, I mean, I'm very lucky that my, most of my Instagram stuff is, if it's me, it's me looking a bit haggard and I could sort of do a jokey bit about yeah. you know what my kid's done to me. but yeah kids are going to really I think going to have a really rough time with yeah just the rise of selfies you you know you look on something and it's just photo after photo Mm -hmm. and they've been that is a negative, a potentially negative thing for kids who saw mental health. Also, the conversation about mental health is a lot bigger now than it was when I was that's 20. Good thing coming so out. that's, you know, social that's media's risen, but so is the talk yeah. about things. Yeah. You look in the papers. I mean, I follow a massive range of people on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. And the amount of times I see comments about or conversations about mental health, it's, it's, it's a lot.
0: I see it on a daily basis now. Yeah, daily. Even two years ago, maybe even a year ago, I wouldn't have seen that. No. Something's happened this year and it's just becoming part... Of- parcel of everyday conversations which is, so is an amazing thing
1: it's absolutely amazing and who one of the royals was talking about when it Prince it's, it's harry prince harry oh, william yeah, yeah which you know i'm sure you know the, the royals wouldn't have been speaking about in the past yeah, sort of break that separation between the, the normal folk i guess and them and yeah so the conversation and that's the one positive thing i can see not that social media is all bad because i'm an absolute part of it but with the rise of it all, is also the rise of a easier conversation. You can get yeah. to more people. I can put a video out on YouTube. I'm not huge in YouTube, but I put a chat about it, and then thousand people see it yeah. in a in a week or in a day or whatever. And the same on Instagram. If you've got thirty thousand Instagram followers, you can get a message out to thirty thousand people.
0: And if that helps one person, exactly. I've yeah, done, yeah, you've done an amazing thing. Yeah. You?
1: So the pressures are there, but also the conversations there.
0: Yeah, talking about selfies and you take pictures of your, your haggard face and. Leave a comment where you take the piss out of yourself kind of thing and try and be funny, Uh, emphasis on try, and uh, (laughs) um, that brings us nicely to uh, what you're up to at the moment. You're launching a bit of a a stand-up career, which now to me, that would terrify me and for you and your, your anxiety again is this something that you just not doesn't phase you or is this a good thing is this kind of where coping with anxiety or how do you see it
1: it phases me absolutely yeah but again in a in a different way it's probably the most nervous i've been so i've done I was very lucky last year to get. I got asked to do something for stand up to cancer, which, again, because of Baker. That's what it came off the back of. Baker. Did they
0: know you're a comedian?
1: No, 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 no. Yeah, so it was man, nothing. So they said to me, Will you do something for stand up to cancer? And I've been harboring this desire to do stand up comedy for years. Yes, yeah, since before Australia or whatever. So, you know, let's say 20 years ago. Egotistic, I thought, Yeah, I could do that. And I was going to do it in Australia. And then I was going to do it here. And I thought, sort of, But because I never booked anything up, just never bothered writing anything. So they said, Will you do something for stand up to cancer? Will you bake us a cake in the shape of the logo or whatever? I thought, That's weak. I could. <coughs> You know I mean that's not you know no one's going to give me money for baking a cake because so i can do that no problem so i i got the email at work and i um replied before i spoke to alex or anyone else
0: <clears throat> and said so you didn't even like talk to your wife about it no so i thought best thing in- to
1: do is reply and i went would you like me to do so this was this was sent to me via my agent which is a weird thing to say but yeah so we've got these people who Help us do what's well, bits piece and pieces. So she said. So I replied to her. I said, "How about I do stand-up comedy? I'll find somewhere. I'll find a venue. I'll do a five-minute, which is you know the general sort of open mic night, five yeah. minutes stand-up comedy." And straight away she's like, "Yeah, they love it because then people will donate money because it's you know it, it's considered a brave thing to do in stand-up yeah, yeah. comedy." So I came back to Alex and said, "I've just signed up. To, I'm going to do some stand-up comedy." She was, "Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, that's a good idea." And I went, "But I'm going to film it. I'm going to film an intro video, and then I'm going to film the stand-up comedy live and put it on YouTube." She's like, "What? You, I don't know if you should put like your first ever go on YouTube." I said, "But that's the point of it. It's either going to be give me money because this was good, or give me money because it was rubbish. But at least I tried it." Yeah. So sort I of thing, and it was it sort of tied in with the stand-up to cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah ethos and i did it and it went all right and i was um i did it in a club in london which i later found out is a really hard club to get a gig at because i've been trying to get a gig there since before so about six months
0: did since. you did you drop the uh, gbbo bomb
1: <clears throat> i did in an email <laughs> yeah so i said
0: do you know I, who
1: i am i sent an email it wasn't far off that actually i sent an email i said i need to do i'm doing something to stand up to cancer and i put it through i, I think i tweeted them a message so they could see how many twitter followers i had so it was a bit like I need to. So I asked one or two other places. Now like, we've got nothing for like six months. So I was like, right, I need to get something. And they said, yeah, we'll pop you on the bill. And I got there, and there was twelve comedians on. A couple of them are ten off telly. So proper comedians. Yeah. And I went eleventh out of twelve. So the whole night, right. and it, I was, I mean, it was bad news, but not anxious. I wasn't. It was. It's not anxiety to me. That was Just normal pure nerves. Yeah. I see everyone else is there. And it, I did it, and it went all well. You know, it went well, and I was like, right, I've started this. I'm now going to do loads, and then did none for a year until the beginning of the year. I've, I've done three in the last month, I guess.
0: But so obviously, so you're not struggling with anxiety, but do you think subconsciously this is a way of proving to yourself that you can do this kind of stuff as a coping strategy?
1: What I. So what I found helps me more than anything else through anxiety is having something to lay in bed and think about. Because that was where I was always the worst. Right. Because during the day I could distract myself and then tell you on the phone or doing this or people or being around people, going out, doing whatever. But it's the bit when you're asleep and your wife's asleep and your kids are asleep and you're there on your own or you're laying at the fire station you're in bed at the fire station everyone else is asleep and it's dark that is the time yeah, when my, you know you can feel like the anxiety like oh yeah yeah you're popped in for a minute and that is what i really struggle with so to be able to lay in bed and go right okay tomorrow i've got to do this geek, right my opening nine's going to be this and i my body position's got to be that and it gives me something to run through yeah. and for years that was skateboarding i'd lay in bed and i'd be on a ramp and i'd drop it out do a trick, come back, do yeah. that trick, do that trick. It was essentially my yeah. version of counting sheep. And so you're busy in your what mind, I do I mean. is if I only, yeah, I need to clog my brain up with stuff that doesn't allow me to think about negative stuff. Because yeah. I'm going, right, I really need to think about this. I've got to run through some in my head because I'm doing it tomorrow night in front yeah. of a load of people. Or not a load of people, is it, you know what I mean? It depends on what the club's like. But yeah, that's what I found was my number one thing <clears throat> for coping with what I've been going through is clogging my brain up with other stuff,
0: positive stuff. Is that only during the during the evening, like when you're in bed, or do you if you feel like anxiety coming on during the day or anything, do you just like quickly busy yourself with other things or do you, do know what, you, do you been, ride it out or what do you do? My sort of anxiety
1: bouts, I suppose, or spells Generally, last a few days. Right. Not so. It'll be a real peak, and then a slow sort of burn back to how I initially felt before I, you know, before it sort of came. It's obvious
0: to you know people like Alex.
1: Probably Alex will know. yeah. Yeah. And again, like skateboarding, like doing stand up, I started running a few years ago, and that was really I found that the best thing for me because. If you're running for, I don't know, even if you're not a runner, 5K, 10K, you know, I've done marathons and stuff now, but it's very hard to maintain a sort of a negative thought or an anxious thought and keep that going around your head whilst you're out of breath and you're running. <laughs> and, you know, there's so many up. you're looking at, you've got to cross over the yeah, road. Yeah. Again, it's another way, I guess, of busying you myself up. But yeah, I found running was probably... So, and I've had it before. where I was sitting in at night, and Alex said it the other day, "You know, I've been in for a day because everyone was ill here." And she went, "I think you should go out for a run," and she could probably see it coming on before I can. I'm getting a little bit no, sterner, you know, just being yeah, in the yeah. house too long, and yeah, sort of cabin fever. Yeah, yeah.
0: So she can spot signs. Yeah. Which is amazing. And she,
1: she's been absolutely unbelievable all the way through. So we've been together ten years, and I remember the first time laying in bed. It's not that kind of story, but I remember <laughs> like the first time laying in bed, I was like, "Oh man, I'm really going through it here." She's asleep. Did she know about it? Did you, no, not it's... really. I think I sort of alluded. To it perhaps but i was you know you're sort of sweating and you're like really stomachs in knots and you know really you know really having a classic sort of like oh i'm sort of really avoid using the word anxiety attack because i don't know if it or panic attack i don't know if it is that but it's just yeah you're overwhelmed by anxiety i remember waking her up and saying look I've, i've got to tell you this is, what, this is how I'm feeling and this is what I'm worried about. And she was brilliant and she woke up and she rationalised it with me and said, well, look, you know, why do you think that's gonna happen? Do you think oh, yeah. it's unlikely? And I don't know, let's say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm gonna, what if I'm a murderer? do you think i will be with you if you were murdered? You know, I, yeah. I, mean, I understand. And it was very,
0: it's really <laughs> was, was great and really helped. Just getting it off your chest and speaking to someone and then they can rationalise it for you. So key, isn't it? Like just they can put it in plain black and white yeah you're not going to be a murderer
1: you know I was, I was chatting to a mate last night over the phone who you know weirdly nothing to do with this but we've chatting about various bits and anxiety came up in that because he was some person who i've been able to chat to for for years and years and years and he was saying about the bit in your brain where anxiety comes from does i mean this isn't a medical advice but it doesn't sort of understand words it doesn't so it doesn't matter what you say if you go oh, no no let's say whatever I'm, I'm worried there's gonna be a plane crash whatever that is and you're going, it's not going to be a playing crash. it's not going to be a playing crazy. You can tell yourself it a, a yeah. million times, it doesn't matter because that doesn't yeah. understand it. That is fear. And you can't rationalise the fear with talking to yourself because it doesn't, you know, I, I always found I could never talk myself out of something. I'll do it. Okay. No, you're right. You know what? I'm not becoming, because I'm really like... I've never pulled the legs off bugs and then went on, you know, progressed into more sort of psychopathic tendencies to be, then become a murderer. Yeah, you're right. I'm definitely not going to become a murderer. That's, that's a good thought. And then two seconds. Yeah, but what if you do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's you know whatever you've convinced yourself of one second. Your brain will convince you the next second that maybe you're wrong you don't know anything i know more than you it's a good point yeah and the, the ability to be able to tell someone else and then they go you know whatever whatever they tell you it just yeah it's such a relief able to talk to alex about it yes. and since then i don't know how many times i've woken up and gone look this is
0: and to hear her voice rather than your voice saying yeah 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 it's not gonna happen or you're not thinking straight kind of thing and just yeah. to know
1: there's someone else yeah. in the room or in the house or you know just that you can what i've done since those hairdressing days and continue to do now is I never took a day off hairdressing because of it. I'd go to work and I, I, I wouldn't remember a minute of work because I was just constantly, that was my thing. I and mean, I could go about my time, I could cut hair, I could do whatever, I could. Yeah. but all the time in the back of my head, that was what was going on, whatever my fear was. I'd go home, but I thought the day I take a day off work because of it, it's beating me. So I'll get up and I'll do.
0: That's very strong.
1: Yeah, and I really, you know, and I was like, right, just keep going to work, keep going to work, keep going to work. And when I'm laying in bed, my brain's going, get up and go for a run. It's three o'clock in the morning. You shouldn't go for a run in three in the morning. That's what, It's not weird, but you know, I thought, right, no, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to get through this without having to react to it. Because if I get up and go and sit in the front room and watch telly for the rest of the night, now I'll have to do that tomorrow night. I'll yeah. have to do it the night yeah. after that. And all of a sudden, I'm in a place where I fear going to bed, and I, you know, I'm combating it with something else. And I am combating it with other things, you know. Comb- or running
0: or yeah, whatever, yeah.
1: but I try to never let it get one over me. Really, there
0: been one major incident that you thought it almost beat you. Trying to think. I
1: remember, I remember not being able to eat because I, when I get anxious, I'm you know and, and worried, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a worrying person. My mum's worried, my sister, all my family, you know, I worry about a lot of stuff. I remember not being able to eat. I remember coming home and my mum sort of going, look, I've got some. I was leaving my mum at the time when I was hairdressing. She goes, I've got some croissants in. Try and have one of them. And they were trying to get me to eat something. And I'm a skinny fella anyway, at the best of times. And i probably lost quite a bit of weight due yeah. to it. And I remember really feeling just really bad that my mum felt bad for me. Do you know what I mean? I remember her thinking, you know, thinking, I don't want to be upsetting the people around me with this and making them good. But I remember she was really upset about it. And I think that was, yeah, quite a, you know, it wasn't... A low point. It was a low point in so much that i realised it was affecting other people. But I just couldn't eat. I couldn't, you know, I could, couldn't swallow food. I was so... Was
0: this like over a few days or... Yeah, I
1: mean, that was, I was hairdressing. I remember I was hairdressing. That was still then. So I was going back, you know, to the beginning of it. And I didn't, I couldn't put my finger on it. I didn't know what it was. I just knew that, you, know, you just think you're going nuts. You just think, well, you know, I, I, I'm not right. I'm... I'm Going mad or whatever you think you are. But ultimately, you know, there's so many people sort of going through, and there's so many people thinking they're alone in that situation. Yeah. But had I spoken to more people, then I guess, or gone and seen someone, I probably could have hopefully bypassed that yeah. absolute feeling of just lowness and whatever. I remember being really anxious before, I, before we had Ruben of what sort of parent I'd be. But I remember thinking, you know i can really feel it creeping in and I, I can and i know when it's going to happen as well i can sort of feel this slow burn and you know like a tingling ah, this is it i'm gonna have an anxiety attack or you know and it and
0: so you know the triggers and signs yeah, yeah.
1: and i and I'll tell you something that you know we talked about things earlier that i've done to combat them cutting out caffeine and cutting out whatever beer or booze for me now i won't, and i've been out for a beer with you a couple of times and not drinking a lot is my thing. If I go out and get drunk, and it doesn't take a lot for me to get drunk, yeah. you know, let's say like four or five pints.
0: Yeah. Oh, i will be on the floor.
1: Yeah. But that's it. like you know, I go i go out at things at work. Yeah. And people are going, right, we meet at the pub at eleven in the morning and we're just having all day up. eleven in the morning? Yeah. yeah. After night shift. Right. Go and meet there. So weather spends usually because anyone places that are open. And my brain is, I go, well, I'm going to drive home, drop my car, up, I'll meet you back in London. So I bought myself two hours straight away because I know I can't do it because the next three, two, three, four days, that is when I'm going to be bad. Al- alcohol
0: is a depressant, isn't it? It right?
1: really, and it really gets me low. And I've had a few times where, yeah, I'm, I really suffer and Alex will know. And I'll go, oh, do you know what? I'm just... I don't know what it is, but I'm really feeling this today. Yeah. And she'll go, well, you got pissed up Saturday night. It's now yeah. Monday, this is what's gonna happen. Yeah. So yeah, that I've changed my lifestyle. I'd say nowadays, because I I cope, I think because I've dealt with anxiety for so many years, I've got coping mechanisms and things I can do. But the thing I do most of all to avoid having any more anxiety is, yeah, limit my alcohol. When I've had enough, I've had enough. Yeah. This is gonna affect me for days. And I'm, I never, you know, try and limit the amount of anxiety in my life. But that I found limit, doing stuff and filling up my brain with thoughts, whether it be comedy, writing, whatever it is, running and limiting my amount of booze limits the amount of anxiety I get you've yeah. worked that yourself and it's only taken 40 years it's so
0: <laughs> 40 years but I mean it's not going to go away I, I presume you you could struggle with anxiety till you know forever
1: absolutely and that was going back to the first time in Liverpool and it happened and it was awful, on the way to Liverpool awful I remember it sort of petered out I feel, I feel normal again I'm not normal but I feel, you know I felt like I did before it I remember the second time it hit let's say two months later I remember feeling that. twice as scared or twice anxious Second time because it happened again. I thought it finished. You know, every time, you know, it might not happen for. I might not get it for six months. But when it comes back, it comes back every time. It feels worse because you thought I was through feeling like that. Yeah. And now I'm forty. I know that I'll probably, be, you know, I'm, I'm aware that it'll probably be happening for forever. It's a sh- I guess the word is it's a shame every time it comes back. because oh, Okay. But now I know when it does come back that it is going to go. I know it doesn't last forever. Yeah. True. And, and I try to remember that every time it comes back, this is going to be grim for a couple of days and you're gonna be affected by it and once that thought and that thought could be anything you know it's just that negative thought it's always something just so negative or so you know i'm not worried about a train crash or a plane crash or you know something bad happening because i can't control that it's always things i can potentially control so, yeah. in the future talking about early sorry sort of going off a little bit here, but talking about early on when you were saying about what's your dark moment i remember thinking if i can be and this is an awful thing to think if i could be laying in hospital at 90 years old and i've done nothing bad then that's a good thing i look forward to that never you know not have hurt people or not you know done terrible things think then i would have won you know won and succeeded yeah. in what i wanted in life but then i'm thinking i'm wishing i was 90 i'm not you know, i'm 25 now or i'm 30 or i'm 40 now i'm wishing my life away in order to have not done something i'm not going to do anyway and it was such a sad thought thinking god you know wish you just, don't want, to wish everything to just you want to get been, to a point where I, you know i've
0: haven't been affected. By this.
1: To, yeah, yeah i've not affected people i just want to you know i'm very lucky that we're in a situation now where we can talk about it and the conversation is a lot lot more open and hopefully when my kids are old enough or start going through things, it's a conversation they can have with me. You know, that's what... And same with Alex and same with talking about my mates and talking about to my mum back in the day. When I spoke about it, it felt better. Yeah. It didn't go away, but it felt so much better. I'm sure I've got two kids and, you know, our kids, will go, kids are going to go through stuff and hopefully we'll be able to talk to them about it. Well, not hopefully, I will be able to.
0: thank you brilliant thank you very much thank you I'll put the kettle on thanks for listening to Man Talk you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes to ensure you catch all the latest episodes together we can remove the stigmas and normalise the conversation about men's mental health if you are suffering please consider reaching out to someone you know a GP or a charity such as Calm thanks again for listening and take care